0: tuned in to the Todd Coconado Show,
1: otherwise known as The Remnant, one of the most listened to podcasts in the Christian community. You
2: can visit our website,
1: ToddCoconado.com.
0: And now broadcasting live around the world from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, here's the host of the show, Pastor Todd Coconado
2: everybody, welcome back. This is an important segment. As you know, I love the state of California and there are two amazing people on the line right now that are probably some of the most informed people in California and in this nation. We have Pastor Jim Garlow and he's got Well-Versed, which is his ministry. And then we have Dran Reese and she has Biblical Voter. We're going to put all those resources in the comments below and on the screen right now as well. But I want to welcome you both to the show. Hey, good yeah. to be with you. Awesome. So, you know, there's so many different things that we could be talking about, because as you both know, there's so many critical, crucial and important issues that are happening right now in our nation. Uh, You know, I mean, and we can maybe kind of talk through some of those, but I know that both of you are very concerned. So there's a recall election in California. And uh, this is something that many, many people have fought very, very hard for many grassroots people that have been out there. I've seen it for months and months. I know we all have on the ground signing, you know, there was uh, some contention that Governor Newsom tried to, you know, uh, do what he doesn't do for the regular election, but he wanted the, the, you know, the signatures verified for this recall, they got verified. So every hurdle has been, you know, jumped over. It's amazing where we're at. So now there's some real potential to oust this, you know, I'm just going to call him a tyrant, because that's what he is, this tyrant, Governor Gavin Newsom, and to really get somebody good in there, And there's a real active discussion because there's a lot of different people in this race. And so we're going to kind of go through some of these candidates today. And uh, Pastor Jim, you want to start us off and just kind of give us from the 50,000 foot level where we're at here?
3: Uh, There's old rule of thumb in a church. Whatever you save people with is what you save them to. So if you try to attract people into the church with a watered down gospel, guess what you get? You don't really have a church. You have a crowd of people, but they're no threat to the enemy. So if I can make this application here, what what are we going from and what are we going to? California's been this this before. We, We got Gray Davis out a few years ago. And what did we get in? I remember the night when Arnold Schwarzenegger announced either on Jay Leno or Dave Letterman that he was going to run. I saw it there. I knew he would win. His name ID was so staggering. And I knew we were toast. I knew it would not be an improvement. And it was not. Oh, you could argue this area, that area, this area, that area. But it was not any substantive improvement. And we frankly did harm, I think, to what remains of the Republican Party in the state of California. Now, let's jump to the present tense. Uh, I want This is going to get in the, in the weeds here a little bit. So bear with me, Todd, on this one. Yeah, please. I, I believe there's what is called defensive tactical voting. Defensive tactical voting is a strange thing. That is when uh, a number of years ago, I'll, I'll just call him Mr. Smith, not his real name. Mr. Smith was running for office here in California. Mr. Smith is a practicing homosexual. Mr. Smith is pro-abortion. Mr. Smith decided he was going to try to change the Republican Party. And he was gonna run as a Republican. And if he won, guess what? He would have changed the Republican Party because the media would have flocked to him like they flocked to AOC for the Democrat Party. He would have been the official mouthpiece on these issues. So, numbers of us worked against him being elected. He's run three times. He's been defeated three times. He's going to keep running without a doubt. But uh, on the second time in particular, we developed what we call defensive tactical voting. That means if a so called Republican was elected and he took, he, he, then he began to work against the pro life plank in the platform and the marriage plank in the platform, he would do irreparable harm to the party. But if his opponent, an incumbent Democrat, was elected to the office, who is a no-name, if I said his name, almost none of your listeners would have ever heard of him before. He has no influence in the Democratic Party. He's kind of a nothing. If he's elected, at least we keep people of conservative values, fiscally, socially, otherwise, aggregated together so we can try to get the bad guy out who has no influence in his party. Now, that was a bizarre one. We said, don't vote for this guy who is for abortion and for destroying the definition of marriage, but vote for this guy who's for the same thing. Why? Because one could do much greater harm to the values, biblical values, Judeo-Christian values. And so what are we going through here? The, the standard line of thinking in this election is Larry Elder's the guy. That's what's said. In fact, if you question that, it is like, it is like you've come against the fourth member of the Trinity, Put something on Facebook against Larry Elder, and you will pay a dear price. How dare you attack Larry Elder, our hero? Who is Larry Elder? He's right on a lot of issues. He's winsome. He's likable. I saw him at the National Religious Broadcasters, took a picture with him. That smile captivates. Mm-hmm. And he's, 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 he's articulate. He's got a fast, fast mouth. In a good way, I mean that, positively. His brain works quickly, so he, he, can, he can operate on the fly. He's good. But, he flippantly says he voted for so-called same-sex marriage, not once, not twice, and he's so flippant about it, he didn't even know what it was. It was Prop 22, it was Prop 8. He calls it uh, something 30, he says, and he says uh, Major 8, I think it was. He, he, he is out of the loop so much on these cardinal issues that some of us laid our lives down for. I worked for months and months and months, And those of us that came together, evangelicals, Catholics, and and then the Mormons joined in together, we we had raised $42 million. Now, the Mormons paid paid half of that, 40% of that. And we worked months together to save the definition of marriage. And we won it 52.3% in the state. But not, not Larry Elder. He voted against the most fundamental institution that God ever established. And he says on his radio broadcast, well, I woke up this morning and my girlfriend said to me, now, people are calling, if they want to vote for him, they have a right to vote for they want to. They, but don't call him a conservative. They're saying, how dare you attack a conservative? Uh, Ivan says, I was told, Jim, you're splitting the conservatives. No, I'm not splitting the conservatives. Number one, the conservatives are always split anyway. They always are. But don't call it, what's the, what's the word conservative means? To conserve. What do you conserve? Transcendent values. What is a transcendent value? It overcomes every culture in all time frames. What's the most fundamental institution ever established by God? Marriage between one man and one mom- woman. Now, if you're going to talk, call yourself a conservative, you have to start with that one. That predates everything. And so some of my friends say to me, oh, but Jimmy's pro-life. He's he's absolutely pro-life. Let me tell you, a man will sell out one area. He'll sell out a second area, especially when they're all connected. Why would you defend pro-life? Only one reason, God says to. And if you don't have the God factor in there, you're not going to defend other stuff, and including an issue of marriage. But, even if he does defend the pro-life issue, what came first? Genesis chapter one and two, the doctrine of first things is important to God. He established marriage. And then he rolls on out and he establishes Then as the, the pro-life issues come later. Now they're important. Now, why am I Jim making a big case about that? Because people say to me, Jim, that ship has sailed. Quote, that ship has sailed. Well, if you took that view, you would have never fought to get slavery stopped. If you take that view, you'd never fight against human trafficking. That that ship has sailed. You wouldn't fight against any of the poverty or racism or anything because, quote, that ship has sailed. But here's the challenge. If Larry Elder wins, and I just want the people who are voting for him to know this, have fair warning. I'm not telling people who to vote for. I'm just telling you the consequences of how you do vote. If you do vote for Larry Elder, he has the clout of being African-American and has way more power than me as an old white guy. But he has that, but he also has He simply will now be the governor of the most powerful state in the union. When you are in that posture, what you say moves the party. Within the GOP, there's that wing they call a moderates. They're not moderates. They're leftists. They're radical leftists who are waiting for the second when they can get that marriage thing out. That's a pesky thing. They want to affirm same-sex marriage and transgenderism and all that. They want to be done with people like us. And when that happens, he'll have that kind of influence. And here's what they'll say, and rightfully so. Outside of Texas, California has the largest numbers of evangelicals of any state in the union.
1: Mm.
3: It's obvious, they will say, Christians don't care about marriage anymore because that ship has sailed. Mm. Therefore, we can abandon it totally. And we can affirm, we can affirm, at this, they're calling a conservative, that which, for which God destroyed Sodom. I want to rewind that. They're calling a man a conservative who stands for that for which God destroyed Sodom. That is not a conservative. That's exactly the opposite. Now, there's a whole lot of other issues at stake I'll go into in a moment, but I just wanted to establish from that, we haven't right. talked about who to vote for. There's 40, 46, 47 candidates or something like that. Right. There's a lot of candidates. Yes. And so somebody who's going to win this, Somebody assuming Gavin Newsom, and right now it's looking good that Gavin Newsom will be voted out. I, that's what I'm hearing from the last polling. Right. Uh, but somebody could become the next California government with only 15, 20% of the vote of, the, of, of just those who vote in this unusual special election. So this is an odd, this is a very odd situation we're facing. But I just say to you, Christians, beware who you want. Because you're about to bring down something that could open a floodgate and you won't have a political party that stands sufficiently with Judeo-Christian values for you to have a home anymore. You dismiss this issue and you bring judgment from God because God established one man, one woman marriage. He cares about it so much that the book of Genesis began with the marriage of a male to a female and you go all the way to the end of the book in Revelation and it culminates with the wedding of a bride and a groom, and in the flyover zone in between. And Matthew, Jesus says, don't you, I'm going to paraphrase this, what God has put together, man and woman marriage, don't you mess with that. So beware what you desire, because you could bring on all of us something you don't want
2: and I don't want. Wow. Pastor Jim, you really articulate that so well. And uh, just for the audience, I want you to know, like when there's an issue in our nation, you know, Pastor Jim is one of my main you know, go-tos. He is very well-read. I mean, obviously his ministry is called Well-Versed. Um, so, you know, much respect for pastor Jim Garlow. And, uh, that's why we wanted to have this debate and this discussion. Now I will play somewhat of a devil's advocate on the show today, just because I, I want to represent all views, but you know, I just, I'm, I'm going to say to what clear,
3: just to be clear, that's that uh, devil's. <laughs> show
2: it. Yes, sir. Well, you know, and here's the thing about that. I, I'm just going to say what, I hear because I hear a lot as you hear a lot. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the other side of the arguments here. So, uh, and I want to go to Drana just a second, but Pastor Jim, I want to just you know say some of the top things that I'm hearing. So uh, the main thing that that other people that I also respect highly uh, are saying is, is that we can't win unless Larry, El- Larry's our guy because he can actually win. Uh, there's a concern with uh, some of the other candidates, uh, Mr. Cox and others, and we've had Mr. Cox on the show actually. Uh, the concern is that they ran prior and it was kind of a lackluster campaign. So uh, that is one of the things that people are saying is, you know, he's already ran. He didn't run a good campaign. We don't think he could win. Uh, what would you say to that?
3: Well, he has run again, but I, 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 from, from August the 13th, 1956, I've been involved in politics from age nine. Age nine, I got hooked. I was watching the Democratic National Convention. I've watched the politics virtually every single day from that day till now. So that's a long time. And I can tell you, I've worked with, I don't know if it'd be a thousand campaigns, local, uh, state, and federal. I've worked with an awful lot of campaigns in some capacity, minor capacity, but some capacity. And I've known many people who've lost multiple elections before they won. Right. That in and of itself is not a deal killer. And, and it, he's also accused of being, quote, a rhino. Boy, I, I met with him. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a fairly serious charge. And I care deeply about that. And I met with him and I've certainly grilled him. And if there's a rhino there, it's sure well hidden because he comes down on the right side of the issues on everything that I'm able to detect. So I think that's an absolute false charge. The charge that he ran and he lost is is is, is true. He did. He, he did. And there are occasions, rare occasions, when somebody like Donald Trump runs his first time and wins it for the presidency. I mean, that's, that is so unbelievably rare. But many people, I mean, our hero Abraham Lincoln, he, he didn't fare well in his early elections. And Neither did an awful lot of people before they, before they won. So that, that in and of itself is not a deal killer.
2: Let me ask you this other one, Pastor Jim, and then we're going to go to Dran here. She's going to kind of lay out the uh, lay of the land here. But for, so the other, uh, and this is a real good argument as far as I'm concerned, but something that they have brought up is they said, well, Donald Trump, you know, who the same group has supported very staunchly, uh, you know, had similar views when it came to his support with the LGBTQ. Uh, what would you say to that?
3: Oh, I'm glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked. When we were had the choice of voting for Donald Trump or not, it was between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Now, we took a risk with Donald Trump because we did not know for sure where he would land exactly. We had a pretty good feel, but as the campaign began to shape up, we began to get more and more and more and more. I served on the faith advisory board during the time, and we became very aware and much more comfortable. with Each passing day and month, we became much more comfortable. with But our option was Hillary Clinton. Duh. We have other options in this one. They'll also go a step further and they'll, they'll say this is misalignment. They'll say, well, you, Jim Garrow, how dare you supported Donald Trump and his immoral lifestyle and background. So you're picking on Larry Elk. Donald Trump's accusations were 12 years old. Now, they're not defensible. But I remember right where I was standing in a hotel room. I wasn't even sitting. I was standing watching TV in a hotel room in Branson, Missouri, when Donald Trump was caught with the whole Access Hollywood thing. And he went before the cameras and did what's very hard for Donald Trump to do. He apologized as forgiveness for what he had done and mm-hmm. said uh, 12 years. I think it was 12 years prior at that time. Now, the never Trumpers always wanted to bring up the 12, 15 years old stuff. We're talking about if Larry Elder had come on the screen and said, hey, I voted twice for same-sex marriage. Uh, I, I did wrong. I did wrong. That is wrong. That's wrong for God. And that's I'm running as a Republican. And Republicans stand for, for this. And I want to realize I'm putting in the hands of a guy who will own it. He is flippant about that issue and doesn't give a rip about it. Hmm. And on top of that, uh, we're we're, we're rallying around a man who present tense is is living with his girlfriend. Is that confirmed,
2: Pastor Jim? Is that confirmed? Because I've seen some reporting that said that he did get married several years back. Is it for sure that he's not married at this time?
3: I'll let Duran respond to that, but everything I have seen even including a report that came in yesterday, is that that is not accurate. Now I hope that's the case. But by the way, you live with your girlfriend, but you're married to her, and I live with my girlfriend, and I'm married to her. That's the way it's supposed to work. Okay. Uh, but this is not the case. And so it, it's it's not only voting for same-sex marriage; it's blowing off the very sacredness and not and failing to understand. This man's on the Salem Broadcast Network. My book, Well Versed, and I'm very proud of, which deals is is by is 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 by the company Salem owns this. The company right, that prints right. this, we're part of the same company in that in that. and we're fiercely committed to biblical values. He is not representing the biblical values. I know the two founders of that company. They love God. Yeah, I mean, it's I was lucky. just going to say
2: this. This program airs on 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 Salem, so on on certain channels. So uh, you know, we're very familiar with the Stews, and yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. yep. So okay, well let let's uh, go over to Dran Reese, and Dran, you're you're listening to this conversation. What say you?
0: Well, as always, Pastor Jim, he was my pastor for many years, and he's actually the one that encouraged me to go on through the Proposition 8 battle. I admire him for his fierce stand to maintain our biblical values. And that's a very hard thing to do in today's culture when so many pastors and so many people are compromising. And frankly, the reason I'm doing what I'm doing is because I refuse to see faith and values be torn away from our country i became a christian just in enough time to see this complete attack on our values our constitution on god on jesus being ripped out of our schools ripped out of our businesses ripped out of our government we are being we're under tyranny right now yes and god is under attack and i'm sick and tired of it and i have to say pastor jim is, is one of the warriors in this nation and I only want to spend my time around people like him. Yes. I don't want to spend my time around these l- lackluster, lukewarm believers. Now, what our ministry does is try to iron out who those people are. We're going to tell you the truth. We're no compromise over here either. And our job as salt and light Council with our website, Biblical Voters, is to iron out who all those candidates are. Now, one of the very interesting things, he said so many things, uh, but one of the things is about the Republican Party and their platforms. So biblicalvoter.com has an incredible little booklet called The Biblical Voter Step-by-Step Guide to Voting, Everything You Need to Know to Save America. Do you want America to be saved? Because when nations fall away from God, the first thing that happens, one of the first things they get is a plague, and I don't know but we're getting a plague in this country. Uh, If if you want a country to prosper, you have to honor God, his statutes, precepts, his commandments. You have to. And what we have done is fallen away from God. And when you really really study and read the Bible, what that's telling us is nations come and go because they forsake their Lord. Well, we're doing that here in this country. And the Republican Party is the last bastion of hope that we have to save our country. Now they have a platform. And again, in this booklet, those platforms are clearly outlined where they support religious freedom and our right to uh, practice the tenets of our faith wherever we go. Okay, but then you have the other side, which actually is the Democrat party who is doing everything they can to legislate against it and rewrite all the laws. So when you start to track all these legislators and the bills that they pass, particularly here in California, it's always the Democrats that are promoting issues that will tear down our moral values. Now, having said that, having said that this election is pivotal. Look, California has been under democratic rule for a very long time. Schwarzenegger was really no help to us at all. I mean, he was, you know, he was a a governor that allowed, in fact, he opened the door to a, a lot of this homosexuality that we currently have in California, which is now infiltrating our public schools and threatening all the parents with hormone operations, transgender treatments, without parents' knowledge. I mean, I, I'm an advocate. Get your kids out. Go to publicschoolexit.com. Get your kids out now. But here again, focusing back on this election. Why are we doing all this? Because Gavin Newsom came out and literally, as a tyrant, using California and colluding with other states, decided that we're going to show those people mm. and we're going to shut the church down. We're going to stop them from singing. We're going to stop them from preaching. We're going to get rid of Christians. Well, I'm sorry. Not on our watch. Now, there were a few pastors, and I'm very involved in that core group of pastors, who said, I'm not going to take this. I will stay open. And they're they're facing fines, imprisonment, all sorts of persecution. Why? What is the big deal about trying to get rid of Christians? Because... We're that small hand that stands that thin line that stands before evil and says, "No, please. you can't have your way." That's the difference between liberalism, which is all over the place and all you want is much of it and as Jim was saying, conservative values. So when it comes to now landing the plane here on Larry Elder and you know him being the most electable, they're saying, what are we choosing here? A person who is the most electable or the person who most stands closest to our moral values. Now, what Biblical Voter does is we provide a questionnaire. It's simple one-page questionnaire. Uh, Pastor Jim called them the cardinal issues. We call them the non-negotiables. They're the same thing. There are some non-negotiable issues for Christians. Now, either the pastors and the Christians are going to stand firm on this, Or frankly, I have to ask myself, are you really a Christian? (laughs) That's me. I'm not a pastor, but just my heart. Because either you're going to stand on the word of God all the way or not at all. It's one or the other. So what are those non-negotiables? Number one is pro-life, not pro-kill all the babies in the womb. And number two, it's marriage between a man and a woman. It's not Adam and Steve. It's Adam and Eve. Now, those are two to start with. There are are other non-negotiables. But we have a, a a form. We ask these candidates to sign. That's if you care about the evangelical vote. Now, that's another interesting story in itself. Do they care to even contact the evangelical community at all? Apparently, Larry Elder goes to one key pastor who was given... His name, who he got his name and figured that's going to bring in the whole evangelical community. But he didn't look for a couple of other key pastors like Pastor Jim or BiblicalVoter.com or Judeo-Christian Caucus. There's a handful of great evangelical groups in California that he didn't bother to contact. So that means the evangelical vote is not necessarily important to him. When all the other candidates are actually a few of them who are really serious about upholding the values of the republican platform to protect religious freedom and our values forever even in california did seek us out that said they signed on the dotted line that they will be pro-life pro-marriage between a man and a woman pro-right of conscience pro-parental rights and pro-free market principles that's all we're asking they sign it on the dotted line so we can hold them accountable
2: So, John, that's a great thing I want to talk about real quick. So who has signed on to that of the people that are voting at at Biblical Voter? Who signed on to that pledge?
0: Okay, so right now, that would be uh, John Cox, who signed for a second time. First time he did, second time. Uh, We have Anthony Tremino. We have Jenny Ray LaRue. We have Sarah Stevens and... Sam Gallucci. There uh-huh. are five that have signed the Family First Pledge, which you can find on biblicalvoter.com. Biblicalvoter.com. So now, of those five, what the church can do is if they can snip it out that little section. Two things Kevin Kiley refused. Really? Flat refused. I have an email. Number two, Kevin Faulkner flat refused. Uh, his handler said he's not going to sign it. Just flat told me. So those two have refused. Uh, Larry Elder, we've been chasing him like crazy, uh, and I'm going to call him dodging. (laughs) So I'm thinking of creating a new category called dodging, and also because he doesn't care enough to seek the evangelical vote. Now, what a good candidate who cares about evangelicals will do is go to that website, go to the California uh, State Voter Guides All of those state voter guides there are available for any candidate seeking the evangelical vote to ask for their endorsement. Now, I don't see any other than those five seeking the endorsement of those uh, state voter guides. And it's not I don't put our voter guide on I take the accumulation of all the voter guides in California so that you have, you know, some varying opinions. Not everybody agrees by the way, but Mm -hmm. which is great because then you can make your own decision about who to vote for. But as far as values are concerned, morality comes first, electability second. So now you look at those five candidates and ask yourself, who's the most electable? Okay. Who has the money and the name recognition. Now, Listen, they're all fabulous. They were on our pastor town hall last night, except for two of them couldn't make it. They were all on our pastor town hall last night. And they gave their best case. They're all beautiful. I love them all. And I hope to goodness after this is all over that we can all commune together.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. But
0: of the one that has the most name recognition and the most money is John Cox. Okay. Now, let me tell you about one thing Jim said, or you asked Jim about his can he win a elder again this is going again putting electability above whatever hey john cox you got to hand it to the man he came up with a great commercial with the bear mm-hmm. showing people that he means business okay he means business he's not gonna he's not gonna go out like a little mousy little mouse and run away he's gonna come in like a like a bear the california bear so okay. give the guy a little break i mean you know, he's putting his life out on the line too. I don't know what this means for California, but we're here to help people to vote their values, period. The values are stated on biblicalvoter.com.
2: Yeah, excellent. And thank you for walking us through that, Duran. That's that's very informative and helpful. Now, uh, Pastor Jim, I'm going to go back to you because I know you'll be able to answer this real well. How does the recall election work? Because I think there's just some confusion here. So, First, from what I understand, is is that the first question is, do you want to recall Gavin Newsom? Then if if that is achieved, then there's this group of however many people that are running, and then it's whoever gets the highest percentage. Is that how it works? Yes.
3: All it takes to recall Gavin Newsom is among the voters that vote that day, 50% plus one vote. And Mm -hmm. it's it's within the striking range right now of doing that. There is a strong... Possibility. I don't know if it'd be, say, probability, but a strong possibility that can happen if the, if the election is honest. Now, that in itself is another question. Yeah, that
2: is a big uh, question, yeah.
3: But then on the same ballot, it's, it basically, if, if he is removed from office, who do you want? And whoever gets the most votes, you don't have to have a majority, is the most votes uh, on that. So that's why I said earlier, a person could conceivably be elected to the California governorship of a state that has 40 million people in a special election that draws a relatively small number compared to a standard presidential election that is. And the vote spread out among, I think something like 47 people. Now some of them will get you know, their grandma and that's about it, but there would be a lot of people getting a lot of votes. And so somebody could end up with uh, 15, 20%, 25%. And, and be elected uh, governor just by that small number of votes on that day pretty critical election and I don't want to add to what what's been said I, Hi, I, I I understand I've been at this political governmental thing for a long time I understand the issue of pragmatism versus purist you say, well oh, you're a purist if he doesn't believe in marriage you're not going to vote for him no I, I recognize the times when you have to process through complicated stuff it isn't fun it's kind of like the the christian in, in in germany in 1939 hiding jews and being asked you have a jew in here yeah i'm gonna lie because i'm gonna save the life of a jew because if i tell the truth in this case somebody's gonna die and that's there's a higher hierarchy of values here so i i, I recognize that there are times when you have to be uh, painstakingly pragmatic we can't we don't we don't live in a purist universe we've got a lot of sin a lot of junk in our world and I mean, Mother Teresa is not running <clears throat> and, and even though she, she's Jesus is not running so we, we all get that the well actually you
2: know as, as you're saying that pastor Jim too because a lot of people will tell me well you know we're not we're not electing a pastor you know so how would you answer that Well we're certainly not in this case <laughs> for sure, but neither
3: do we <laughs> have to elect someone who stands in sheer violation of one of the most fundamental components in the in the in the Republican party platform he's full well aware. That 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 Christians activated and paid a dear price to try to save the institution of marriage, in this day. Now, and, and I may sound like a, a real nutcase on this one, so bear with me. People do not realize that the fourteen words of Proposition Eight, and those fourteen words only um, only marriage between a man and a woman is valid and recognized in the state of California. Those fourteen words are still in Article One, Section Seven Point Five, of the California Constitution. Mm. Well, how could that be? I got, got overturned by the Supreme Court. No, it never did. It only got overturned from the standpoint of when the governor violated, when the governor violated his oath of office to uphold the California Constitution and the Attorney General violated his oath of office. They lied. They violated their oath of office and would not defend the legitimate California Constitution. Then we, the people, raised millions of dollars, went to the Supreme Court to defend Prop 8, and guess what happened? After millions of dollars were spent, Charles Cooper was the attorney. They ruled, you don't have legal standing to be here, and they threw it out on that basis. That's the case. So what do we have now? We have Obergefell case in 2015, June or May or June of 2015, that comes up. All it takes is for one, revival in the land to touch the hearts of people number two a godly governor of california a godly attorney general or at least they don't have to be godly they have to be people of integrity that will honor their oath of office and a good case to go back to the supreme court you say jim what are you smoking that'll never happen possibly but things like this have it we all believe that roe v wade's going to be overturned someday. And there's been 66 million dead babies and a whole lot of money billions of dollars poured in by Planned Parenthood and to Planned Parenthood to keep killing babies in the womb and yet we still believe naively no, that someday we're going to see righteousness is going to prevail in the same way that William Wilberforce believed that he could eventually see slavery come down and he was right and we're going to be right and someday all it takes is a move of righteousness across the hearts of people. And if Christians in California will stand convictionally, then we would have a shot. I'm personally supporting John Cox. Mm. I agree with uh, Dran's analysis is a thorough, appropriate analysis. But can I make a wild statement here? Please. Christians, (laughs) Christians are not necessarily sophisticated. They're not erudite politically, and governmentally. Ah. I wish it wasn't that way. Neither is the general population for that matter. But as believers, we ought to be because Paul specifically says that the government is to be the diakonos, that's the Greek word, the minister or the servant of God. Now, if you're an oligarchy, you can't do anything about it. If you're a monarchy, you can't do anything about it. But if you are in a constitutional republic that votes democratically, then who is the government? We the people. So we the people are supposed to make sure that our government follows scripture to be the diakonos or the minister of God to do what punish evil and reward good. Well, anybody who is advocating the sheer destruction of the fundamental institution of marriage and advocates that for which Sodom was destroyed. I'll let you finish the sentence.
2: Wow. That's uh that's some pretty, pretty serious stuff right there. You know, for people watching that are not in California, Pastor Jim too, uh, you know, what, what you mentioned this earlier, but let's just kind of nail this home. Why is it important what happens in California? Why is it important? It's the most powerful state in the union, yeah. and it goes across the
3: country in a, a record time. Uh, it, it, there are certain states that are able to, for example, the textbook issue. Texas had unbelievable clout. Thanks to my buddy Dave Barton, he got on that board, and he made a difference. And boy, you get a couple key states going on that key state. There's mover shakers. There's what's called critical mass. Sometimes that's about 15% of the population can be the critical mass to move across the country. California is that. We all know that if it was a separate country, it'd be the seventh largest country in the world. And so it sets the stage, it sets the bar for across the country. After California passed uh, marriage in in 2008, there were were 31 states that passed marriage. There were only three that didn't. Get get that one. 31 Mm. states that said marriage is a man and a woman. Three that did not. And so what did Anthony Kennedy do? The justice who, when he came to the Supreme Court back in 1988 or whatever, what, 89, I can't remember the year, he pointed, uh, let's see, by, uh, by, by Ronald Reagan or Bush, I can't remember, by, by Reagan, I think. So it would have been earlier than that, I believe. Uh, 88, I believe it was, he was appointed. And, and I have the actual clipping of the newspaper, saved <laughs> me, where he, when he came to the Supreme Court, he said, there's an undue, i'm going to paraphrase as best as i can recall it there's an undue bias or hostility towards religion on this court that was that was you can go and google it and you find in new york times repeated in 1992 and what did that man become he became the embodiment of that which he was objecting to he became hostile towards religion so when he took down marriage and he wrote that pathetic decision just read it it's unbelievable And he says, the only reason why you Christians are against homosexual marriage is because you have animus, anger. Wrong. It's because God declared it and institutionally it's worked. And sociologically, it is a phenomenon that can't be improved upon in terms of reducing the struggles of society and even the socioeconomic levels of society. So we we have a a Supreme Court that, that scoffed at that which God has established. We bring we bring judgment on ourselves. And so when that happens. When a Barack Obama says you know, same-sex marriage, and by the way, before, before Barack Obama came up for some-sex marriage, I was sitting in California in Rick Warren's church at the Civil Forum when John McCain was interviewed as a candidate, and Barack Obama and Rick Warren asked him what's the definition of marriage, and Barack Obama said a man and a woman, right. and the crowd cheered. I was sitting by an African-American man who's a strong leader, and he turned to me and he said, he lied, mm. and that man was right. That's exactly what happened. That's A few right. Years later, he put the he put the flag up the flagpole with guess who Joe Biden came out for the first one to try it, and they got enough positive response from where they wanted. It. Then Barack Obama, no, the vice president, never goes first unless he's testing the waters. And then Barack Obama came out, and then within days or months, actually, the transgender phenomenon. They started leaning on North Carolina. How dare you not let men dressed in, in skirts go into the women's bathroom? And look how far we have gone. How. Yeah. Fast we have gone in a short
2: span of time. Oh, yeah. I mean, the fact that there's Christians, I, I know you probably experienced this too. I was shocked that actually argued me about Caitlin Jenner, you know, him, not her, him. And uh, they, they were arguing with me about this. And I said, I don't even know how you could possibly fathom to get behind. Well, you know, if you if you don't look at him and you just listen to what he's saying, wait a minute, what about the way he's living his lifestyle? So Super important. Durant, I want to throw this to you. Biblical voter, okay? So the problem is, in California, we got ballot harvesting. We got a tremendous amount of fraud. And then there's low voter turnout from the Christian community, the evangelicals. How important is that Christians, evangelicals, get out and vote?
0: It's everything, and we need to talk with our pastors. That's why we're doing everything that we can to have these monthly come-to-Jesus meetings and then give them the tools and what biblicalvoter.com does is give them the tools. Ballot harvesting is key. What we're suggesting is that pastors will uh, have a uh, an election Sunday in the Sundays leading up to the election and even up to the recall, where they're going to talk to their constituents about bringing their ballot to church, and they can actually fill them out at church. And if they, the church gives no advice, but it can go to biblicalvoter.com where advice is readily available for them to make the proper choice according to scriptural values. That's the most important thing. You can lead the horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And listen, if they want a state that is going to turn around to our godly values, they better uh, engage in this. And with ballot harvesting, by the way, this is a fabulous way for any pastors that are listening out there where it's legal in your state. Hey, we've got to take every opportunity. The, the other side is, is going door to door and knocking and getting your ballot the least we can do is have pastors encourage the congregation to get involved in getting registered to vote and and um, and bringing their ballots and maybe even having a candidate forum. Of course, we're here to help all churches, any church that wants to engage with simple tools. And um, I just love what Pastor Jim said. By the way, there is a movement in California to arrest. And to start to arrest all these uh, people who have um, not defended the Constitution of California on the marriage issue it's called perjury of oath, and it's wow. starting to happen. So there's a small underground happening there. They're they're going to be served very soon.
2: Wow, I love that. Uh, you know, Tom, I'm gonna, uh,
3: yeah, Tom, go ahead, I, Pastor. I, I I recognize the wind is in the back of Larry Elder. I'm not naive where we are. Right. I, I've seen the polling data, and, and I. And you have two. You know where we are on this. But unless believers understand the principle, ideas have consequences, and so do votes. And we are about to usher in something for which we're going to have enormous potential regrets in the future. And so I would say, be prudent on this. What we have is a lot of reactionary Christians. The thought of having... A black Republican governor in California is an exhilarating thought. How wonderful it that would be? The, the, the fact of having a black president in the United States is wonderful, except we got the wrong one
2: with yeah. bad ideas. Well, and cry. by the way, if you become governor of California, there's a very good chance at some point you could become president of the United States, right?
3: Precisely. Precisely. It will be discussed. It'll be discussed within 15 seconds. After it's announced that he's won, that will start, that will start to be.
2: Sure. And he has a big audience. A lot of people listen, let me ask you this last question. Then I want you just your closing thoughts. But uh, for Larry Elder, is, is he redeemable? Like, let's say he was being mentored, he's open and he changes some of his views. Would that change your thought process at all or not really?
3: Well, I hope every person is redeemable. I never give up on anyone. So I, I would start with there. I have not seen any evidence of him uh they're more dug in instead instead of pressure being brought by these christians on larry elder saying you need to come in alignment with that which is right what i see is the opposite they're turning around defending larry elder how dare you bring up the issue of marriage do you not realize he can win why are you splitting the conservatives they are obsessed with defending his immorality i don't understand that kind of logic that is indefensible now if they were to take the position um boy larry elder needs to change we gotta pray we gotta fast we gotta be confronting him we gotta we gotta hold out leverage he's running for office it's right to leverage a person running for office and try to get the right position there is zero evidence of that occurring and i feel real real my my influence is small in the state uh i've moved on to other things and I rec- recognize some of the more influential people in the state are endorsing him, period. Some of the most influential, period. All right. So I, re- I see the handwriting on the wall. I get that. But unless they are willing to enforce in his life and call him out on this, they're, entering, they're bringing in to leadership in the one party that still has a vestige of Judeo-Christian values left in it, the undoing of that. And with that, marriage We'll go other things as well very quickly. That's the way it happens.
2: Yeah, I'm really hoping we can come together as a Christian community and really pray this through and figure out a solution here. This is a really compelling argument. I want to thank you both for being on. Dram, what are your last, uh, you know, final thoughts for today's show?
0: Well, I am a delegate. uh, I'm putting my personal hat on now to the Republican Party. And I have to tell you, the reason I'm there is to maintain that this party stays on the marriage plank and the pro-life platform. And there are factions that have changed their affiliation from Democrat to Republican, have moved it to the party and are working diligently to remove those planks. So it's a fight for us even inside the party. So I recommend that all the Christians out there, if they wanna ha- continue to have religious freedom in this country uh, and they have a party that, that will protect them, that they need to get back into their own party and strengthen it from inside Get out there and exercise your right as a biblical citizen, which is to vote and not vote in just one election, once in a while, but every election, and get informed on the issues. And our ministry, of course, here, is here to help. And you know, Godspeed to all of us. Tell them how to, to get out. there,
2: Jan. One more time, how do they get to your website?
0: Well, they can start by just going to Salt and Light Council, c o u n c i l dot org, That'll take you to the suite of ministries and you will see some amazing things happening and if your listeners are out there and they're ready to really dive in we have the tools and resources and training to help them get in and mean business we're looking for the remnant it's happening yes. we're kind of the rebellion now we're Come there's on. only a few of us that are really out there fighting and if we want our values in this country We've got some serious work ahead of us.
2: Well, you're definitely saying key words that I, uh, I relate to. Remnant and, uh, and, and religious liberties. I'm the president of Religious Liberty uh, Coalition. Very, very important to me. Uh, Pastor Jim, final words, sir.
3: Well, I, I, the issue is at the core, I'm not fundamentally a Republican, Democrat, or independent. I'm a follower of Jesus. Amen. The scriptural issues, the transcendent values that God has established, that is the issue that drives me. Uh, if you only have time to go to one website, go to Dran's. But if you have time to go to two, because Dran's website is is phenomenal. I'm not blowing smoke. It's incredible. It is. But if you have time to go to a second one, go to wellversedworld.org. And out here, I, in there, I'll sell you this book at my cost with no profit. You can get If you'll buy a case of it and give it to people, we'll try to get it out to you at my cost. Chapter eight is the chapter on marriage. We didn't have time to go into this, but Todd, I'll be glad to come on your show again And now, what's the big deal to God about marriage? And I'll walk you into chapter 1 and 2 of Genesis, the Hebrew words. And if I were to unpack those Hebrew words, the words associated with the definition of marriage, no believer would ever be able to say things like have been said to me as it relates to this recent gubernatorial candidate as it relates to the issue of marriage. Once they understand and I can I can give that presentation in, in ten minutes, but it's critical that people go go to here chapter eight in this book well versed and see why it's important to God. My opinion doesn't it doesn't matter. I don't Jim Garlow's here, and someday he'll be gone to heaven. But the point is God, his his is permanent, and what he says about this topic is critical and should be followed. Todd, thank you for the privilege. Thank you, sir.
2: Well, your opinion definitely matters to me. Both of you are amazing remnant warriors out there fighting for our country for biblical values, and we appreciate you so much. We'll put their information, their websites, uh, below right now, and we'll be right back with the Todd Kokonash Show. Thank you. Hey, friends, Pastor Todd here, and I have some exciting news. We have a promo code from mypillow.com. That Mike Lindell is allowing us to use here at the Todd Coconato Show, the remnant. And it's very simple. It's remnant. That's the the promo code. You have to do it in lowercase letters. So R E M n a n t all lowercase use that as the promo code and you will get 60 to 65 percent off of your order at mypillow.com and you'll help us fight for election integrity and push back against the deep state plan to take over our country so kind of important kind of important and a way to help us in our fight and uh, help mr lindell and to buy products from mypillow.com it's been banned by just about every major retail chain they took out his product and we're here to step up and be the remnant and fight back and help support this great company this great cause and help the remnant uh here at the todd coconato show so once again the promo code is r-e-m-n-a-n-t all lowercase letters or r-m-n-t in all capitals and you can use either of those and you'll get about uh 65 off or so on your order all right friends god bless you and thank you for being part of the remnant
1: hello i'm mike lindell You can help by getting everybody you know to go to frankspeech.com now. To help support this Cyber Symposium event, I am offering some of the best prices ever on MyPillow products, but they're only offered at frankspeech.com. Go to frankspeech.com now and use the promo code on your screen or call the 1 800 number below to receive these exclusive MyPillow offers. Thank you and God bless.